Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Polinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Well, yeah, let's do this. Let's game on. All right. Well, welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. Another week here. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. I am Eduardo. Oh, I was too early that oh, time. Oh, no, you're hello. good. <laughs> so I, I want to hear your hello every time. I actually love your signature hello. It's a very soothing hello. We're here. We're present. Um, but yeah, man, just really excited to be doing uh, the sixth step. We're coming closer to the end, you know, and it, I don't even know if it's the end, just the, you know, the, the end. The beginning of, is the end. The, the end be- is yeah, the beginning, right? Exactly. Um, thank you for that. Um, but yeah, uh, the sixth step, which is distillation and let's get right into it. We were starting to talk about it. I always tell myself not to talk before the podcast with Daniel, save it for the podcast, but I do have questions as usual. Uh, and with regards to distillation, but so much information that I found that I, it's interesting that towards the end, I keep looking at different articles, different videos online, different, uh, lectures, different people, um, all over the world describing their interpretation of the seven stages. And I've gotten better at finding out where to get my resources from. But of course, it's like as we start to sort of, you know, uh, finish this the seven stage process. So I have little bits and pieces from, from all over the place. So um, I'll let you take it away. Let's um, get right into this this important stage as we come out of fermentation and into distillation. Right, yeah. And you know what's kind of interesting about the alchemical process is the the almost the, the ritual that you go through in these processes when you get to the fifth, sixth step, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because they're familiar to us because we understand fermentation on a physical realm and we understand distillation on a physical realm. Well said. You you're know actually, what I mean? No, so you're right. It's so odd that it's these later steps, you know, because... You know, when you're when you're explaining the word calcination to somebody, they usually don't have a preconceived notion of exactly what you're talking about. Now, once you start to explain it just even a little bit, they're like, okay, right. this has to do with fire. Okay, now I'm starting to see the roots of this word right. in that aspect. Um, but that term is usually kind of unfamiliar to them, right? Right. So um, calcination has that kind of effect. Dissolution, obviously, is a little bit more of a... Um, you know, a connection, but it's just like, as we kind of make our way down, it's so interesting that the fifth and the sixth step dealing with fermentation and distillation is something that we're familiar with. Yeah. So, you know, so. you, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Last time that we, you know, I've, I've know people have made analogies that are closely related to things that we um, may or may not have heard of. But one of the things we talked about in regards to fermentation um, that I've heard other people talk about with their example of wine. You're absolutely right. It was like super relatable. You kind of understand what's going on. I liked how you spoke about that inner fire and what's happening, you know, uh, with uh, fermentation. So yes, I think you're absolutely, absolutely correct that that is something that is very comforting as you're reading about this. There's that, you know, previous knowledge of this, as you're saying. So right, yeah, even if it just point. has to do with our food and our drinks, right? You know, right. like the alcoholic drinks and the fermented foods that we eat. Um, but what, that's, yeah, is it is it interesting that you start this with with this alchemical process, and and you know, you think of chemistry and so forth. But 
what makes me very happy is as we like learn about what is happening on the physiological and the psychological level, we always tend to forget what complexity we go through within our body at all times that's happening on its own. You know, like it's happening right. just to, uh, uh, autonomically. Mm -hmm. And so you bringing this example about like fermentation last time with digestion or like what we're doing um, uh, with distillation and making something more pure, uh, it's crazy how the body already knows how to do all those things. So like if you were to like look at it anatomic or from an anatomy standpoint or from physiology, physio physiological standpoint, you go, Oh my God, like we just need to catch up to everything that's already like in sync as always. Right. We talked about always. the world's already functioning in a pattern that's already been um, presented by the, the universe we live in, but yet we kind of always go off the path and we're trying to get back on that path. Right. You know? Right. So anyways, no, that's a perfect point, but that's again, what really reinforces the subject of alchemy for that you can see it in so many aspects of life and mm -hmm. the patterns of life. And you're exactly right. The digestive process is the process, is the alchemical process that's just happening within us. And again, this alchemical process is always happening um, outside of us as well. We just aren't always aware of the patterns or even the terms to kind of quantify it. Mm -hmm. You know, So that's again why we go through and get this common language established because that's so important. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I just, I, I, again, I have a lot of questions and so I don't want to go out of order. I definitely want to talk about, uh, and let me know when we can kind of squeeze that in there. But when you do bring up like the tarot card, like the fool mm -hmm. talking about that, uh, the white rose, the white rose. Nicely yeah. Done, man. So, I love that. Hey man, I'm trying to be a better student. That's great. No, <laughs> you know? that's fantastic. But uh, I love that. You just said something that kind of alluded to that is that, we see it, but if we don't understand it, don't know how to like really interpret it, then you just kind of, it just right passes right by you. Um, so you're absolutely right. You know, it's happening around us. If, and if we don't know how to recognize it, then, right. You know, but yeah. it'll still be there from when right. you do, which is really cool, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, anyways, yeah. just let me know when we can go in right into that. And, you yeah. know, but you know, you bring up a good point about, you know, seeing it and it could be always right in front of you and you're just missing it, mm -hmm. not having the eyes to actually see which is a is kind of part of that spiritual process that we go through. And what what we're going to kind of deal with in distillation is really tapping into that spirit of life that has always been around us but we just haven't been able to perceive it because we had so many internal blocks. Right. And we had all this, you know, we had this negative lower source ego that was in control and we had to rewrite all of our patterns and just to be able to clear that up to be able to really truly perceive universal consciousness. And that's what we're going to really be looking at. It's that stage that happens after fermentation, after we leave that dark night of the soul and we really start to create that internal light. What we're really going to do in this stage is just take that energy and almost move it up and down of the vertical axis of existence to kind of almost bring it to the top and then bring it back down. And all we're doing is just the same process that you do in distillation when you ferment those grapes. In distillation, you're just raising the concentration of the spirit. You're raising the alcohol content. And that's right. exactly what we're doing. We're, we're taking it in this process of, you know, to the heavens and then back down to earth and to the heavens and back down to earth. And we're just strengthening the the proof mm -hmm. of that spirit, which is what we're trying to do. And this is very much the, 
the unison of that spirit and that soul really coming together with what we'll kind of get to with that um, the mother stone. But this really is the this is what's going to make that everlasting soulmate marriage between your soul and your spirit. And this is what's really going to unify it because that life force is going to stay constant because the soul is going to touch the spirit and then come back down on earth. And we're really going to have this creation of this, this Christ consciousness. But I kind of like to think about, because it's really important that we really detail this, this stage of leaving that dark night of the soul and entering into this aspect of distillation. So what I kind of feel like in this is, um, and I'm sure they have these fairs in Europe and actually I'm sure they're like all around the world. Have you, do you remember those? Like when you would go to the state fair and there's like that strongman thing where you get the hammer and you have to hit the thing, you swing at it and then it raises that bar and it goes, it goes all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a good analogy of what it's like that moment you are starting to cleanse yourself from that dark night of the soul. As everything, as you start to find that internal light and you find that fire, what you're going to do is you're going to find this opportunity as you've gone through this dark night of the soul, you've really felt the experiences, you were really one with all that trauma that you kind of have to work your way through. You get this ability and it and it just kind of comes on to where you start to realize that you can really rise up above a situation, Mm -hmm. okay? And that's what we're going to be kind of dealing with at this is we've almost perfected the seven chakras in these first um, five steps. And now we're just raising that connection up to be in alignment with that vertical axis of the universe as that above, so that below. So we're really just connecting that network so it's it's connected above us and below us. Right. And we're almost, you know, generating that energy. And so what happens is when you're leaving this dark night of the soul, it's like you you finally have the strength to actually hit that thing. And it doesn't go all the way up, right? But you're just like, oh, wow, I was able to get a higher, I was able to get higher above the situation. Like I didn't go to where I needed to go, but... I just need to generate some more strength. So you stay in that dark night of the soul. You really start fermenting it and you're adding that heat because you're trying to gain that strength. And then that's exactly how you get out of this. You almost slam that hammer down to try to make that first rising happen. Because what's going to happen is the rising happens and then gravity brings it down. And then that energy is going to start becoming a generator. And you want that to go up and down, up and down as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Because the more it's distilled, the stronger the spirit, the stronger the concentration, right? And that's what we're that's what we're trying to do. We're really trying to make soul and spirit into one, right? And really get this higher perspective and this over self, but the ability that because we've experienced the over self with the completion of the lesser stone, right? We we've we kind of understood what that was to be above the situation, and that all that insight and all that ability kind of falls out during the dark night of the soul. And we think it was a fluke. We think it was our imagination. We just don't have that connection anymore, right? So what we're going to be really the skill set that we're actually going to kind of get out of this is we're going to figure out that at any moment we can tap into that over self. And you literally just raise yourself from the situation. And you literally almost just like climb that ladder of perspective. And you're able to do it because now you have that internal generated energy. It doesn't have to be a concert that just totally, you know, inspired you. It doesn't have to be a psychedelic experience because you can now generate that fire internally. Mm -hmm. You're able to make that generation happen. And that's what you really want to do. You almost just want to keep it bouncing up and down, up and down, 
and you're just going through that distilling. You're just, you know, strengthening the spirit. Yeah. Right? No, that's a great, great way of putting it, man. I, I really always love comparing notes with you because your analogies, but more so like where you're studied in, in this subject has a great way of like generating an example that relates to exactly what the alchemists were trying to portray, you know, within right. their teachings, within their drawings, even like, you know, the Emerald Tablet talks about this. And so it's really, really cool to, to like know that you can not only rise above, but also stay within that, um, that source with where, where the third eye is found, right? Like where you have this way of connecting to that higher self from like the pituitary gland or, or the pineal gland and, and knowing how to like still participate within one realm and then the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so I really like that, the, the analogy. I wish I knew what that game was called. With, Why don't we know the name of that game? I don't know. Right? I, I, and, and there should be like a, a very easy name for it, but I, I think you nailed it still though, what, what the example um, alludes to. So yeah, it's so true that you do rise above the situation um, a little bit more. And I'm sure you felt that. I know that you've handled a lot of situations in your life and I've I've witnessed it. I've been as a friend, I've watched you with restaurants or I've watched you with, um, you know, other things that you've, you've gone through. And I feel like what phases others doesn't phase you, which doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't affect you. It's just your energy isn't directed in a way that is useless. It's more like, how do I make this a little more useful? And I think that's a great place to be, even if the situation kind of was uncalled for or, you know, feels like, did I need this today? You know? Um, and you notice that with people, there's a calmness about them when you surround yourself around people who have dealt with the darkness, because it's like where I've been in the pits of the darkness, I have fallen is not nearly or merely as bad as the situation to the unexperienced individual who may be complaining of a, of a bad situation regardless, but Mm -hmm. you see his reaction or her reaction on, on how it's, it's, um, being carried out and it's you can kind of make a comparison really quick where you're like well that person's experienced it too but they don't seem nearly as like in in disarray as as the guy that maybe hasn't experienced something so drastic in his life before until now so so yeah you're absolutely right yeah and you know what's one of the unique things that happens in this stage as well is we go through a purification of drives and desires as well and so now the, the the ultimate desire is just being one with this Christ consciousness, yeah. which we've kind of discovered, and now we're almost learning how to combine that with ourselves. But that Christ consciousness is, and there's so many things I want to speak about it, but one unique thing about the Christ consciousness is you have that ability to rise above a situation, but remember... The main goal of the alchemist is the evolution of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to kind of learn about this more in the seventh step as well. But that distillate, that the distilling aspect of you being able to, you know, raise up that that ladder very quickly, it also lets you lets you drop down really quickly. So you are able to see eye to eye with people that other spiritual people are going to just tell them how they did it. They're not going to be able to get into those person's shoes and give them true spiritual advice because they're just going to be like, well, this is how I did it. I just started drop shipping and I made a bunch of money, you know, but that's not going to work for everybody because 
the whole spiritual, you know, my key is not the same as your key. Right. You know, we now we learn the alchemical process because that's how you cut your own key. And it's pretty much taking you through that process. But again, my key won't fit in yours and yours won't fit in mine. So what this does is for that mentor or spiritual teacher, they have ability to kind of come really low and see eye to eye. And this is why, you know, Jesus with the Christ consciousness, when they're going to sc- sc- stone the woman for being a prostitute, he's just like, you know, those without sin throw the first stone. Yeah. And so what we're doing here is ability to, to walk in somebody else's shoes, connect to them on their level, and you could be very direct without that guiding aspect that comes with a lot of spiritual advice, because a lot of spiritual advice, it's coming from somebody in that lesser stone where they just kind of think that they found the path to just be like, oh, this is how you have to do it. Right. But it's not one size fits all. We know that, you know, it's all one, but it's not, it's definitely not one size fits all. Consciousness is very much in a, u- a unique expression and you don't even have to be spiritual to know that. Yeah. You know, no, we, you, we talked about that in the dark night of the soul. You're absolutely right. Where right. it's like what occurs in the dark night of the soul is occurring to you and in you only. And it's like the journey you must go through like the hero's journey. You know, um, it's a unique experience to every individual, but there is no one way to do it <clears throat> to connect to that Christ consciousness. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Right. You know? And so, also with what we're doing here is that it's the coming together and the separating and the coming together of that aspects of the personality and the character that were really born after this fermentation aspect. Because the beauty thing about this Dark Night of the Soul is we had this beautiful blossoming of these flowers of colors we've never seen before. Right. Right. And so what we're going to do is with these new blossoms, we're almost going to take those essence from those fire, those flowers and take them through this distillation process and really start to strengthen the grade and the, you know, just the concentration of this new essence that's been developed in that two-spot process of fermentation. Because after the dark night of the soul, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn, and then we find that light again, and then that's that internal flame. And again, that is what's firing this whole climb upwards, and that's what's you know, charging that energy to go up to touch with spirit and then make its way back down. But just that that ability to really just connect and kind of follow those, kind of carry yourself on those levels to be able to see eye to eye with so many individuals really makes that ability of the Christ consciousness of now, it's not just about your own spiritual evolution, but it's about the evolution of consciousness as a whole. Mm. So when you're kind of working through that, there's a piece that kind of comes for you because with divine inspiration comes divine creation. So now our inspiration, because we're touching spirit, is divinely essenced. And this is what we've been trying to do this whole time. So if your inspiration is divine, your creation is divine because it's an input processing output system. Mm-hmm. So we've just cleaned, again, we've just really cleaned a computer. Like, again, we're not based off of computers. Computers are based off of consciousness. But that's all we did is we took a computer that was running really slow, had a bunch of broken programs on it. We wiped the computer clean. And then we re-uploaded new software because our software was damaged. Our hard drive was damaged. We couldn't store information. Our processing, our emotions, we couldn't process emotions. We had to replace all those pieces. And this is what we're having here is we're really starting to have that going through that birthing canal of what was going to be grown 
and the final stage, which is, you know, the philosopher's stone, the greater right. stone. Um, so really we're almost in the wounds of the mother at this point. And that's why this planet is, this step is ruined by the moon. And this is why we, um, it's almost like the, the silver key that's almost cre- created here, but also the, the mother stone. Yeah. Which right. I was, that's what we were talking about before. Uh, we started recording is, you know, certain things I would find out whether, and like how you say the silver key too, but yeah. And like the chakras, you know, mm-hmm. um, we talk about this and we, and then I was asking Daniel about the mother stone as well, but yeah, that's exactly what my, my question was. And it's like, why does it fall into that sort of moon energy? Um, or that sort of the, as, a, as you just said, the mother stone. So yeah, you basically just answered that for me. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, uh, one thing that I wanted to know, uh, the really, again, your analogies are on point with, you know, the, the wiping of a hard drive. But one thing I was going to say that noticing this step, um, more importantly is when you do have that connection to Christ consciousness, I like that you're saying, you know, that input output, you find it in this modern time. I don't know what it was like in any other, you know, era, you know, how many centuries ago, but if you went through this process and you came out, you know, obviously purified and having an understanding of where things are connected and where, what they're connected to, your output can be very well seen by your the, the fruits of your labor, um, literally within like your crops or architectural art or design. So the homes of people, so people were sheltered better, food was maybe better by the man who works in agriculture coming back more refined to touch on from that con- that Christ consciousness to provide even better food, better quality, because he understands the steps that would happen internally to him probably happen to the things that he's touching on. But we're living in a very interesting era where like, you know, even if you go through these steps, it's hard to have the output be something of positivity, not because your intentions aren't pure, because the modality of what you're you're going through with your job or your vocation, whatever it is that you're doing, um, may not show that result right away in the end. Your colleagues might see it in the workforce and go, wow, like your attitude is this, this way or your way of handling the situation is this way. But I know that one thing I've always been hungry for is it's not about monetary wealth for me. It's always been about more of that... that perfect or that, that moment where you realize like, I wasn't doing this for me, but I was doing it for all of you, you know, or for just you or for my community. And it's hard to do that, you know? Um, well, I'm speaking more in terms of your job, but something that takes up a lot of our time. So it's important to kind of find a way to sort of not only have an understanding of this, in my opinion, with crash consciousness, consciousness and having that connection between input and output, but also finding out like, what is your output going to be? You know, like you're a teacher. So it's amazing that as you keep going through these stages, whether you want to believe it or not, I know you're a modest guy, you know, your your students kind of get a, a better understanding even of the topic that was told you for you to teach by, a, you know, a crappy co-curriculum, but still like, or, or a subject that you're like, I don't really disagree with this subject, but at least you have a way of like not inputting so much of your uh, opinion to where they're like, well, now I'm not even listening to you, period, because you're so passionately um, involved in how this is not the right way of the teaching. The biasness of Exactly. It, yeah. Like, you kind of have a good way of being like, you know what, I'm going to, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this a different way in order to like still convey this message. So it's amazing on like whatever job you have or whatever your interaction is with the community is when you go through these stages, what the new hardware and the analogy of your computer can do, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, now what are you going to click on? You know what right. I mean? Like, just cause you have faster software now, does that mean you're going to download faster porn? <laughs> like, it's like, you right. don't want that. Sure. You know? So it's just like, um, yeah. Yeah. You bring up a great point because that's, that's kind of that crossroad we were talking about in that lesser stone, because remember you kind of, all of a sudden you get like keys to this pretty sweet new engine, which right. is your consciousness. And you're just like, Oh, Hey, like <laughs> maybe we should do this right. You know, like that's me. Like maybe it's my third food truck concept. That's yeah. really going to break me free. But really internally, I know it, that's not what's going to set me free. Right. If anything, that's going to keep me more in these chains, you know? Right. Um, so so yeah, I think that's uh I think that's a perfect thing. And too, you know, when we we speak about like what we create too, the, the main thing when you talk about creation too is just the present moment. Mm. You know, where are you at in the present moment? And that's a collapse of how you thought, felt, and act in the just very recent past. Interesting. You know, so you're always constant. That present moment is really creation. You know, so you, we sometimes we think about creation and all the like kind of our feats. You know what I mean, like. Mm-hmm whatever it is we accomplish in life and very true that's creation but also just your attitude from the moment just what's collapsing in this second right now as we're looking at each other is creation you know and that's really the truth that you kind of start tapping into in this distillation you're starting to see creation in every moment and you're starting to see not only the divine pattern but that divine inspiration and this is what you know, great artists tap into. This is what the Renaissance was tapping into. This is what great thinkers are tapping into. This is what Tesla was tapping into. You know, again, why do so many breakthroughs in science happen in dreams or after, you know, strenuous study sections? Like it rarely just kind of comes to them when after like three hours of work and they're just like doing a math equation and it kind of comes to, it always kind of comes to them in a different way. And there's this, this very much this divine inspiration that we even see in artists and we've even experienced ourselves. But again, what we're doing through this process is we're getting ourselves out of the way. So universal life force can work through us. Mm -hmm. Life experiences through us, art experiences itself through us, consciousness experiences itself through us. And that's the entire alchemical process summed up. Like, you know, when people, ask about alchemy because there's always this like what is alchemy and it is kind of a hard thing to kind of just you know put your thumb on but as we've kind of gone through this if we were all having a conversation together we probably would come to the conclusion that it's just getting out of the way yeah getting out of the way you know not even getting out of the way and then you could put whatever term you use of universal consciousness god but it's just getting yourself out of the way so the life force that you know is the true force can work through you, you know? And then again, you have that divine inspiration, you have this divine creation, and all of a sudden you're living that holy life that the whole pilgrimage is for, you know? And that balance that comes from it, that calmness, that connection, and being on that path of just evolving consciousness, which is the main goal of all, I mean, that's what all life is moving towards is the evolution of consciousness. So now you're just aiding in the great, the grand design. Absolutely. Right. Oh, I love it. I, I see it. <clears throat> it's funny. Cause eventually 
Uh, my fiance will hear this and go, oh, you, you brought me up onto the podcast, which is always interesting because I forget what I say. But I'll, Hey, Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll say it right now um, because I'm, or just because I just have no reason not to. But she's an incredible example of this. So her story, and I don't mean to like exploit her too much here, but what I got to witness with her story is she her her mother had passed away and that's all I'll say about that but it was a very difficult time for her and I was there with her for it but really I knew I had to separate myself from the experience completely um and not be the the hero to step in for a situation that you know ultimately she could turn to me for I wanted more so her to turn inward and so I just kind of like watched her sort of trial a few different paths and, and, and what would come next after the loss of such a, you know, um, of a person of, of influence in her life. And when she started doing a lot of volunteer work, uh, before she could find what she was going to do next, she was coming home with this like elated golden, that golden suit that we talked about, that golden thread that you can talk about. But there was this aura about her more, more importantly than anything. And I said, you know, every time you come back from, you know, interacting with these, these humans of lesser fortune or like different stories that they might've had, there's something that I'm just noticing about you. Maybe you should consider nursing school. Fast forward to three years or almost, yeah, three years. Um, even now when she's at the hospital, she works on the cardiac unit. They can't see her mouth. They can't see a lot of her facial structure, but they can only see her eyes. And she comes home with these stories of people just touched by her. And I'll ask her, I'm like, well, what's, what's happened? What's, wh- what was the story that you, did you guys have a, a common thread on something you saw or a joke or something? And there's nothing other than just her sincerity of how she addresses the room and how she addresses the individual. But she went through the period of such darkness, in my opinion, she had nothing left to lose and only to seek for something that would like give her divine inspiration. In my opinion, again, she's not putting me up to this in any way, but right now I'm seeing the end result of that because the effect that she's having, as you were talking about, which is why I'm bringing up this sort of story here is that she still comes home and goes, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm doing it right because it doesn't feel like work. And then everyone's giving me praise, but I haven't done anything. Uh, I'm just happy to be there. But I'm like, your beat, your, your vibration, if we could just measure like the hertz of your vibration or like your beats is probably spiking in a way that when you enter rooms, that in itself is healing. And that's something that's been lost for many years in medicine, unfortunately, but it's, it, there's, there's glimpses of it. So anyways, I'm just using as an example is like, I'm proud to say that I've seen it firsthand. And I'm also proud to say that other people who've never met her and they only get to meet her for a short amount of time have that interaction, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it can get done. It's just, it's it definitely, it's, it's a different path for everyone, but when it does sort of come into your life, you have a choice to make whether to resent a process like fermentation, let's just say in that regards, or the dark night of the soul, or to embrace it and then be like, okay, there's something different that's going to come out of this. Um, that'll be in regards to a higher spirit, as you said. So like, I really like everything you're saying, because that's why I'm just divulging all of this, because it's just sort of, I didn't even think I would talk about that, you know? So yeah. I think it's a perfect story though, because you're talking about the dark night of the soul and the evolution from that and kind of what carries with that. And you have that crossroads of 
do I keep going or do I just turn around and hopefully that's something that used to feel comfortable will feel comfortable again. And right. we all know it's not, you know, it's going to just be more destruction and it's really going to just kind of prolong that process. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, a fantastic way to kind of look at that. And, you know, what comes with also what kind of comes with this distillation and I think this to kind of reiterate and she, she's the star of the show right now, but just even the concentration that comes from, this because you have this clarity of concentration when you have this divine inspiration that you really kind of see what you want to do and you can really focus in on it no way you've ever done before and this is really where you can almost part the seas yeah because you are really just because you're the fullest representage representation that you possibly can of the image of create the creation and you are a creator you are so involved in that code that you really just kind of become this beautiful dancer with the music of the spheres. And you're really interacting with the music of the spheres. And where you danced to one pattern before, now you're dancing to an entire orchestra that most can't even hear. And you see this with just really spiritual people, like their movements and stuff. Like We can all kind of hear the music of the spheres. And what the reason why you kind of go through this distillation process so many times is to really, you know, fine tune that sensitivity to that music. But when somebody, as they kind of raise their own proof and they kind of keep going to this distillation, the music gets louder and it gets more beautiful and more instruments are introduced and sounds that you never thought you were going to enter into your eardrums. You can now perceive colors. You can never, for sure, you know, that you didn't even know existed. You can now start to experience um, because you're really, you're pushing that line between human and consciousness in the, human in that universal consciousness. Because remember, in the cycle of necessity, this is just the first time we're self-conscious. But you know, if you looked at the Egyptians, we have multiple different stages to come to before we make it back to that oneness creation. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing when we make it through this alchemical process and we get to this distillation stage is we're just getting a head start almost on that next life. And now we can actually start, once we get to this next stage, now we're going to actually you know, start to deal with the situations that we were going to have to deal with on the astral realm. So we're shortening our time of almost the next life, and it can actually be almost completely skipped. Mm. And you can actually skip the astral realm and go right to the spiritual realm if you're at that level. Because the the astral realm is just, it's pretty much what we experience here, but without a body. Mm. So if you go through all your work, you can actually almost like double jump through what the Egyptians believed. And that's like what the philosopher kings would do. And that's what, if Jesus was alive during their time, they would say, oh, he skipped the astral realm. Like he's not even in the astral realm. He's, a, he's got a fully spiritual body that's fully living in that realm at this point. Because you almost like make your body through your thought forms. And we'll get into all oh, that's Oh yeah, it's, in, it's, so, it's such a fascinating thing. I mean, the Egyptians, they studied this stuff for thousands and thousands of years. And they passed questions on thousands and thousands of years. So they would ponder a question with no belief nor any desire to solve that question in their lifetime. But they know if they thought enough about that convert that that question and they put enough energy and consciousness to understand that to get that answer finally, and generation after generation did that, at one point a fortunate generation would have the insight to answer that question. Right. To carry a question on, knowing that you might not know that you might never be able to get the internal realization of what the answer is, like we can't even, like we won't even do physical stuff for the future anymore of like, 
oh, we're going to make sure we like, you know, don't build a dam here in this amazing nature center, you know, because like this is going to be a good place for people to connect with nature. But like now we need to dam it fast. You know, we need the water energy. We need this or we need to mine this area. And we make these sacrifices for like these future generations. And that's just like a physical thing. Can you imagine just like physically putting thought into an idea that you might never be able to see the fruit of the labor, but it's going to evolve consciousness. So it's, it's your full thought, like such dedication, Yeah, you know? So we just have this amazing science that comes from them and we have to honor that science because it's, it's the oldest science in the world. And that's what we're kind of picking up on, you know? And also with distillation, you know, that strength that kind of comes from it really is going to change that spiritual potency. And, you know, even when, um, you know, like when there's, um, when we kind of had this westward expansion that kind of happened in the world when the new world was kind of discovered and then the age of the explorers and Western civilization kind of made its way and kind of put its fingers everywhere else. They were approaching cultures that had alcohol but they did not go take their alcohol through the distillation process. So when they were introduced to cultures that have done this distillation process, it had a really damaging effect on the societies because they had no they had no resistance to the sensitivity developed. So like Native Americans dealt with hard liquor really really difficult because that was never put into their vibration of consciousness before that distilled of a liquor. So although they had like their own mush fermented alcohol drinks, that was almost probably like a more like a beer, they never had hard liquor. And that like introduction to it is like that overcoming, it's like, like that deep spirit. Now that's not the true alchemical spirit, right? Mm-hmm. But you can also see how too much of this when you're not prepared for it can make somebody almost go crazy. Like, do you know what I mean? This is why you have to go through these steps. So if you do get this hard hit of the spiritual essence, you can actually understand, like you need to build up a resistance to it. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that they didn't understand the alchemical process of distillation. They just, the Native Americans were so cool with all their different like psychedelic plants and stuff. The reason why they probably didn't go too deep into alcohol is because they had a bunch of cooler stuff. And they're like, yeah, why, why, don't we, why, why would we mess we with that? that? Lower like, vibration. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're like, yeah, have you heard of ayahuasca and peyote? Like, why would we yeah. be messing with your alcohol, you know? But that had a damaging effect on that culture, you know, because they had like no resistance to it. And I think that's a great way to almost even talk about, you know, when you jump into too many psychedelics that first time and you kind of have that crazy trip, Um not so much a bad trip like we would have with the dark night of the soul, but the one where you just like visually can't explain it whatsoever. You know? Um, do you remember, do you remember when salvia was a thing? Oh man. Salvia, right? And it was legal in the United States. I think it still is. And it was, it's, and it was used in the past native American ceremonies and there was a ritual to it. And there was a whole process that we as college students didn't do. Right. But I almost had this experience with that. Cause one time I smoked it and it just like all my, I went through this like really visual thing and I almost had to like come back to and like remember who I was. It was this whole process, right? But it wasn't like this dark night of the soul that was really scary internally. It was just like too much visualization. I saw too much stuff that I couldn't explain. 
And that's kind of how we can, it almost kind of felt like I was drunk on the psychedelic, like I was drunk on the psychedelic, like it wasn't the side effects of being drunk on alcohol, but it was the same side effects of over consuming it, right? Of like, oh, I'm, I'm out of control of this situation. Like, um, and that's exactly what I kind of perceived in that. And as I'm reflecting back, that really kind of felt like almost like you tap into that distillation a little bit and you get to see these amazing colors and you can kind of feel this oneness, but you really don't understand what's going on. So it's just so important to go through all the alchemical steps. Mm -hmm. So you're, you have the vehicle to handle this because you, you do experience distillation in life. Like there's times that it's just going to kind of, you know, it's going to pull you up and you're going to kind of feel one with spirit, even if it's just for a second but we don't really understand it. But what this process does and why we go through this process of purification is not only to create it, but also to internally be able to reflect on it and understand it and build from it and utilize that energy rather than just like, oh, a feeling of euphoria, but making that generator go up and down. So now you're just creating divine inspiration to divine creation at a amazing um, output. Right. Like you're just creating and you're, you're, you're doing everything that you need to do to evolve consciousness. Yeah. Right. Well said, man. Well said. I really like just the way you put that, you know? Um, yeah. I think that it is important to sort of have these steps, not just in place, but having a, a, a even a base layer or base level understanding, uh, rather that, um, helps you go through those process. I mean, I just know that, it, you know, when I did, uh, my own ceremonies through whether ayahuasca or psilocybin. Um, it's been different eras of my life or different times of my life that um, I either understood what was happening or too much came too soon. So I, I do relate to what you're saying about the salvia and, and how Native Americans might have felt when, you know, a different vibration like the Western expansion coming had a reason for a conquering um vibe or attitude that's complemented well with something like alcohol right versus those who are already surrendered to being one with the universe and being just as equal as the spiritual um makeup of the of our surroundings like the native americans it just put it like a dim on that light for them instead right. of like oh let's just like use this to inspire more things where some of the individual and you see that still to this day you know it's like depending on what region of the world you're from like what you choose to give you some sort of elated uh experience may not work for you and it may work for others but overall everyone should agree on understanding what these principles are or what the consequences of your visualizations could have and if you don't then you're just like really high <laughs> yeah. you know and like not really doing much with that like what you're saying that i really like is how you're producing more of that higher level of consciousness at a rapid rate that sort of unfolds on its own rather than like having to just really do it with such vigor or such like intensity that you think no but i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing because i'm doing it with such intent and it's 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 something i never understood when i was studying catholicism and i would find individuals who didn't walk a very calm path but they walk it in a very righteous way with a lot of intensity and i'm like but do you not see what i see when it comes to like the universal love that's being portrayed through like the teachings of the bible in this case and they were like, what? They're like, no, that's just a fraction of it. Like if you're not, you know, on time to do this thing, to be in the house of God at that, at this place, then 
you're going to hell. I'm like, that's a little extreme, you know, like, whoa. But anyways, that's a whole other conversation. I'm just saying it's interesting to not have these um, understandings um, from the get-go and then being faced with like, even if you have like, again, um, some kind of um, dogmatic uh, influence or having some kind of like psychedelic come into your life, it's like better to know what you're dealing with than to just like, you know, but it is good for uh, for some people to be awakened by like a different philosophy or a different psychedelic they've never had and be like, oh, there's more out there than I guess right. I knew, but yeah. that only goes so far. So yeah, yeah, you're no. right. So, so true. No, I completely, completely agree. And you know, one thing too is because I know a lot of people have the interest about the, the like the physical alchemical process and, and the distillation is really going to be this internal heat source, kind of the boiling of the water from within on a slow kind of warm up, and then you just cover the top of it. So what you have there is you have the fire mm-hmm. of the sun, and then that mist dissolution, that the evaporation that's going to happen on the top is going to be that dew that kind of is created by the moon. So we really have that interplay of that sun and the moon kind of coming back together. Right. We saw them at the creation of the lesser stone, for the um, the androgynous child, right? And now we're gonna have, no, I'm sorry, for the hermaphrodite. And now what we're seeing now is that mother and that father coming together mm. to really give the completion of this. And that's gonna move it from the hermaphrodite to the androgynous. Got it. And it's the soul and the spirit coming together as one. Right. So it's that, again, it's that left side of the brain, right side of the brain, when we're talking about those neocortexes, unifying. And really, that because that connection between the up and down is happening so much, that divine connection that kind of runs up our, you know, our kundalini or our chakra system, that's generating that energy. That 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 connection you almost want it to get as it's like a constant, always connected to that upper source. And that's that that's the exact same path we climb up to, to view or the over self to get a higher perspective on a situation. You know, and that's also the same path that we can kind of go down so we can actually stand under a situation and understand it. Because it's hard to see, you know, it's hard to understand how our car works from above it. Right. The only way you can actually understand how a car is to stand under it and see the movings. Right. Yeah. That's where we get that word from. Understand, you just flip those words under and it's stand under. If you really want to see the movement of something, you really have to get down below it and see the operation of how all the moving parts work. You know, it's actually easily to get um kind of um fooled if you just see the top down view approach on something. Right. It's really important That's to kind of get down there. Very on true. That. That understanding, that fundamental, right? And that's why we kind of gone through these principles and everything. Um, so yeah, it's really kind of exciting because we're moving from this sixth stage of alchemy. We're starting to feel this oneness. We're starting to feel this divine concentration to be able to truly manifest. But remember, we're not manifesting those lower ego desires anymore. We're, we've aligned ourselves with universal consciousness to collapse the waves for consciousness evolution so again that whole the lord be my savior right and this is this is where this is coming you know be my shepherd and this is really what we're kind of connecting to this ultimate guidance and this is a piece that we started to get a hint of at the lesser stone and now with this full dissolute this distillation it's starting to that that oneness is really starting to be able to create and there's there's really like this new hope 
that's coming from, but also a hope that we've never even experienced. So it's going to be hard to even put our fingers on words because everything's almost going to get redefined in this point because we have, if the idea is, if we're made in the image of God, what we're about to do is in that final step get an even higher, more complex image of what creation is and what the mm. creator is. And we're going to embody that because that's what we've actually attracted to through consciousness, right? And through that cycle of necessity. So there's going to be like a, because nothing was the same and we kind of cleared everything out in that fermentation stage, we're going to have experiences that we don't really have words to explain to. You know, it's kind of like, you know, this is why this is the root of all those alchemical designs and those alchemical mandalas. You know, one, they had to hide their words because they were going to, it was punishable by death. But two, it was, there's no words for this. There's no words, there's no way you can put universal consciousness into a vibration because it is all vibrations. So how do you denote one vibration to talk about the vibration of everything? You know, it's just like when we were talking about the idea of when you try to put God in a box and it's like, you can't put God in a box because God right. is the box. God is the space in the box, the space around the box, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and the chair table that holds the box. Yeah. So you're really kind of seeing through these mandalas and that's what's so beautiful about this. And that's why this alchemical process is a, is a lifelong study because when you start tapping into these mandalas, and I know all of you guys are fascinated with it because there's always great questions. There's really great questions from the patron people when we've broken some down, but that's what's so rich about these because you you literally can study these mandalas for the rest of your life and you will have a new insight on your 83rd birthday. And if you studied it every day for the rest of your life. Oh yeah, there's no way. Yeah, There's no way. There's no way. There's so much. And that's again, that's why symbolism is so powerful and you know, as we kind of make our way through the alchemical process, it's given us this an, a whole new common language to share. So it's really exciting of like where we're going to go from this, because we have one more step in alchemy, and we're going to move into the Tarot, we're going to move into the Kabbalah, and we're really going to start breaking this down. But it's going to just be really fascinating just to see how beautifully all these puzzle pieces fit together. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing, the simplicity of how the puzzle fits together is a indication of the merit of the philosophy that you're studying. For if sure. your philosophy has to come up with a lot of postmodern excuses and they just blame it on human behavior or undis like undiscovered material science, it's it's not it's not a true philosophy. Like if it gets more complicated, the deeper you get into it. It's and there's less of a holistic understanding that kind of gets created. I shouldn't say less complicated, but less of a holistic structure being created. You got to go back and check out that philosophy because really, it it's philosophy. It, the deeper you get, the further it pushes the simplicity. Right. You know what I mean? That's like stuff has really to fit well. together. Yep. You know, and that's why these people and these postmodernist philosophies that we're so engulfed with. That's why they just get together and argue because. Their puzzles, they can't fit the whole complete picture. So they just get like six of the pieces together and then they got sharp edges and then they just throw their puzzle pieces at each other for the rest of the time. Cause that's like what a modern philosophy class is. If you go to in college, it's just like this argument about whether this person's right or that person's right. And people just will utilize their philosophical ideas to justify 
immoral actions or moral relativism. You know, there's so many things that you're like, no, this is this is why we study philosophy. So you would have morals and you have ethics. And they just flip it around to try to make it, you know, so we don't have to be held to that standard. But when you study our philosophy, it's like, it doesn't matter if you want to believe that you're not held to that standard, you still are. Right. You know what I mean? You can talk yourself around how humans are just a cockroach in that, you know, all the stuff that people talk about when they talk about consciousness, which is just amazing. But there's like no evidence to support that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you're, you're being fed that idea. Right. Right. And you're given, and you're the creator because you partake in creation. So you're furthering that creation for them. And they don't believe in that idea, but they're, they want you to further that idea. So we can start looking at our neighbors like, oh, you're just a, you're just a parasite. I'm just a parasite. I guess there's like, you know, who, what cares happens to us? We're overpopulated or whatever people are yelling right. about today, you know? Which is, a, I'm so glad you're saying that because it is true. It is very true. It's a cop out and it's a, it's a way to sort of, you know, pardon a lot of bad choices and, and finding a way to segregate, but there's no need to, there's no need to do that. When you look at the rest of the world that as we were talking about the body, how it runs autonomically, you know, like we don't consciously think of the heart beating and the lungs breathing, but they're doing it for us and they're doing it with us. Mm -hmm. And so like to have that understanding should lend you the open mind approach to what else is happening sort of in this autonomic way that has a synchronicity to it. That's just um, a rhythm that I can follow. And, and oftentimes we don't do that. I don't know why this is coming up, but I wanted to know more about this uh, to put you on the spot. Remember when you were in Nepal and it got really dark. Can you tell me that story about how you, and, and I'll oh make a gosh. full circle about this. I, that's so funny that you remember this. Well, story. I remember this story because I was in Ecuador while you were in Nepal. You were in right. Nepal for a lot longer than I was in Ecuador. But when I came back, we sort of had just came back around the same time. Right. And I was like, oh, I got to tell you the story of this thing that happened to me. And I would only tell you the story not to prove anything, but to just be like, are we seeing the same thing that, are we, that we're feeling? Are we feeling the mm -hmm. same thing that we're seeing? And I, I didn't even have to like give you enough time to digest the story that I had before you were like, oh, let me just tell you about this thing that happened to me in Nepal. And I was like, and, and we just had a nod afterwards. And that's when I knew not only were you always going to evolve as a friend with me, but that you weren't afraid to just even like you could have, if I would have written you off from this story you're about to tell, um, you wouldn't have cared either way. You're like, I saw what I saw and I felt what I felt. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And we just yeah. went on with our day, but it was really like a comforting feeling for me because I was like, wow. Right. Cause you weren't like, dude, and then this happened. You're just like, right. this is what <laughs> happened. And then right. I was like, Oh my God, really? Yeah. But yeah. Talking about the candle on the window stir. Yeah. 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 And you know, right before I start that story, cause I, I haven't thought about that story since probably I, I spoke it to you. Um, I do want to reiterate when I talked about the overpopulation, like I do think, we need to be more responsible about sure. the souls we take into this world, of course, you know. But I also believe that, you know, the whole world could fit in the size of Texas. So this this push of overpopulation is really a focus of overpopulation of cities, but there's actually a lot of space for consciousness to move out. Right. You know, again, it's just kind of stuff that gets we, we only get told one side of the story, you know, but I just know that that's a thing. So I wanted to kind of cover that because I didn't want someone to be like, what did he just say? So um but back to that story, because that's a great story. So, so yeah, Nepal, 
in a lot of those countries around there, because India's got such a huge population and such a small area as well, um, India oftentimes will buy electricity from neighboring countries. So that means your country might have a blackout. Usually it was like for a couple hours a day, but sometimes it would just like the energy would go out and it just wouldn't turn on for like two or three days, right? Uh, and they, everybody was adaptable. Everybody was cool as shit in the polls and nobody really cared. Everybody was rolled. Um, it was the best. But there was a time that I was I was walking to the side and I remember I was, I was rolling a spliff, right? So I... Got the hashish out there, and then I had my tobacco, and I was rolling a spliff. And it's been like, it's been dark for like two days, and I was off on this beaten road because I, I couldn't get caught smoking pot for my job. Like I would get kicked out, like would have lost my free rent, like it would have been a bad situation. So I always had to be like really secretive about mm. it, even though my eyes get crazy bloodshot. Like, and you could just look at me, like even how I walk, like I have this shaggy kind of walk when I'm sober. But if I put it like you say weed to me the shaggy walk comes like full alien swing, right? And it's kind of the flow of my body. But either way, I'm sitting there and I'm rolling the joint. And I remember just thinking about kind of this internal light, that fermentation. And I was very into alchemy at that time. And that's really when I was really approaching this this subject. And I actually feel like I had a better grasp of it back then or, or I had a unique insight on it to kind of explain it. Um, but I'm looking in this window at this candle and I'm just focusing on the candle and I'm just thinking about lighting up. Like you need to light yourself up. You need to light yourself up. And then it was just like, and it was just like, go. And as soon as I said, go, the power kicked on in the city and everybody had their lights on because when the power went out the first time it was dark. So everybody had their switches on into the positive mode. So it wasn't just like one light turned on the whole city turned on at once. And I'm just like sitting here on this dirt road and Pokhara, the second biggest city in Nepal, just like, I'm just staring at the candle and I don't even take my focus off the candle, but the lights just go like all around me. And I remember it was just this very powerful scene. And I, and I had some like really important phone calls at that spot. Like I know I called you from that spot. I, I just made like really deep phone calls. Like I would get, I would get out there and I would just, you know, get on this urge to call people um, and that, but when that happened, it was very much that lighting up of the dawn, you know, it was really that the light overcoming that darkness and providing that insight and giving you clarity and that reinsurance that was so important because I really kind of feel like I've, you know, had to go through a couple, you know, I've been through that process of the dark night of the soul since then, but that, that moment and that feeling and that internal realization and that internal comfort and inspiration that came from it was it's really what's kind of helped light that way and that's really what that fermentation is all about it's that internal fire to keep you going on that journey through our external darkness and our internal darkness yeah you know? but yeah that was that was a fascinating time i know i wish you would have been able to come out to nepal i know you would have killed it i would have i would have oh man every time i go anywhere with daniel friends everywhere and so it's always nice because it's um immediate affirmation that people that have either met you or haven't um had a lot of time with you know how to trust you and mm -hmm. so it's always like it's like a a proud moment you know mm -hmm. like yeah yeah you know, it's like it's like i wish i had you know, like a photo to show them. And then I'm like, I've known him from this long. Like, right. well, you got on this. It's like, no, I'm just kidding. No, and but, think with the podcast, man, we have so many friends. Like, 
I can't go to Jamaica because I will not come home. We have so many friends in Jamaica, so many friends in Costa Rica. 22, we should go to Jamaica and, and just, just do a podcast one, in Jamaica. Just one-way ticket just, it. Just do a couple episodes yeah. and then I can come back and leave <laughs> and you I'll there. just stay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I love it. We'll bring the equipment, we'll leave it there, and then you know I'll know where to find you. <laughs> they'll be like, you know, they'll, right. I'm right. sure they'll have some kind of like, you know. We'll place for you there and and be ready for for anything the so. guy. yeah no it's gonna be it's gonna be great but again so much love and support to our listeners yes everybody who shares the podcast reaches out on instagram obviously always a huge shout out to our patreon ninjas for being the best supporters in the world we're just so so thankful to be on this journey with you guys. absolutely i like that you mentioned the patreon um ninjas the the ninjas giving all the questions i i you know if you're not a patron member like reach out you know um you know as often or i you know i would say like we're figuring a lot of things out as we go as well and daniel's just so good about providing this information on those patreon accounts and i'm not just trying to sell the patreon accounts i'm just simply saying that what comes with a lot of this information are obviously endless questions and these there's there's always a way to like answer or at least kind of show someone like, Hey, you know, we're also trying to figure it out, you know, together, which, you know, reinforces that community that we're trying to build, um, or the idea of that we're a community that we're, we're, we're building together. So yeah. Thank you again for, for your patience with that. You know, I know we don't always get back to people right away and I know I'm definitely guilty of that. Um, but it is exciting to know that, you know, there's so much interest generated and, and really it's just a journey of all of us. So thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, going to get some more material up, obviously, on the Patreon. Hopefully get some more kind of um, some more like set classes put together, too. And it's really just, you know, after May, we're really looking to take this into such a new level and a new step. Yeah. I'm really excited about the kind of the, the future of this when we almost pass our one year anniversary after after May. Edwaters and my schedules kind of freeze up. So we have some art projects planned. We've got some courses we want to develop planned. I mean, really just kind of trying to take that step into the second year in the right direction. Oh, I can't wait. I already have a lot of different um, sort of like these uh, pre-made uh, video series with other organizations I've been working with. And as I'm filming these things and I'm putting them out and the content that they need, I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this for this restaurant or for this like, you know, other company. And I'm like, I sh we should just be doing this with Daniel and doing it this way where people can hear you speak, explain, but also we can throw in all the images at the same time. And I, and that's what I have planned right now. That's basically the outline that we have. And it's right. going to be pretty straightforward, just like the way it is whenever we discuss these podcasts and the order and how we do things. So it's just going to be a new step. That's, that's yeah. a good way of putting it. So hang tight and, uh, I have a photo that I'm definitely going to send over to you. And that's the first day that we did the podcast and it was in this room, but it's so interesting to see, you know, um, you getting your notes ready in this picture. So I'll send that's it to so you funny. and uh, we can think about whether or not we release that. So, <laughs> um, but cool, man. Uh, that's all I got to add to this. Uh, a great, I have to say thanks to you, man. I really, really, I, one thing I, I really look forward to, and I'll say it right now on the podcast when I talk to you, is that your analogies and your way of breaking down such complex um, topics uh, is is like no one else. I just want you to know that's like I really mean that because like I'll do all my research and I'm like, man, some of these people just 
you know, they're doing the best they can, but there's no real, infl- there's no real sort of this energy source that's like being carried through with it. And I feel like whenever I sit here, I just like, I hope I don't over speak to, to, to the listeners. It's like, I hope I don't interrupt. I'm just excited because you do a wonderful job of putting that. So thank you. Uh, I know we're about to, to finish this, this series and, and the seven stages. So, um, great work, man. No, man, right back at you though, because we have that, you know, where the principle can be presented it's the, the talking about the personal experience too, which is really important because you know that that's something I don't do. Like I come back from a trip and you have to like ask me about it. Like if you ask me about a story, I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. This is a really funny story. And I'll like go on to it. But like, I never would think of just, you know, sh- this story happened, you know, unless it comes up in conversation. Right. So, you know, I think that was one of my limiting aspects because it's the, the human, our experience in this in this path that we're on and going through, this is just as important as the information because it's analyzing those experiences is where we come to, we really become that spiritual alchemist when we can analyze our experiences as the textbook of life and use this, this, this confine, this construct of reality as that guide for where we need to grow and how we're growing and kind of the check marker for that is for sure. just as important. So I tip my hat to you, my friend. Thanks, dude. Right. Thank you. Um, Okay. Well, with that being said. That being said. Until next time. Until next time. Cool.